Welcome to You, Me, and the SEC, the podcast about the intersection of SEC football and culture. And I've got a sneeze coming on. So, oh, no. Brittany, you talk a little bit. Well, we're going to, the whole house will erupt if you sneeze. You have classic, like, dad loud sneezes. If we talk about your sneeze loud and long enough, or is it just going to stay at the top of your nose? Yep. <laughs> this is good content right here. I think I'm okay. Okay. Ben, tell me about yesterday. Well, it's Saturday. It's Sunday night, by the way. Yeah. So if you're listening, it's Monday. Like, who cares about Sunday? Sunday's a great day of the week. Yeah. It is the Lord's Day. Um, And, uh, but we had Saturday too. I woke up and had some cinnamon rolls and bacon. Mm -hmm. And then. I went on a walk, which was nice. Okay, you're losing people here. Let's and speed it up. And then I came home and had some lunch. Okay. And then I watched some football. Well, tell me about the football part. The football was good. The football was so good. I feel like it was such a good day of football. So you could look at it from the national perspective, which we, we could bring in our two future friends, Oklahoma right. and Texas, playing a nuts Red River Shootout, which I I will say, and and you did bring out some annoyance in me yesterday uh, on Saturday uh, when you berated me for not watching the Arkansas Ole Miss game, and I'm like I want to watch Oklahoma Texas. Yeah, but you were like reading a book and like had the boring part like the first half of Oklahoma Texas on, and the Ole Miss which Ar- was fascinating. Sure, but the Ole Miss-Arkansas game was never not good. It It was was, a little slow at the beginning. Well, it was, I mean, it it was a total of 103 points. I mean. Yes, but like it was was slow at the beginning. There were like 10 of them in the first first quarter. Yeah. So it was slow at the beginning. Okay. Which acknowledged that I am correct. Well, this is, I mean, we can argue about this the whole podcast. I mean, we're just not ever going to agree. I think that Ole Miss-Arkansas was really fun to watch and I'm glad I chose to watch that one. It sounds like at the end Texas Oklahoma was a showdown. No, if you it will. was it was phenomenal from the beginning and Texas looked great and our friend Robert said, I think Oklahoma's coming back to win. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. And Robert was right. And oh. it, you know how it pains me. It does. And you say, even just said that on your own podcast. You know how it pains me to say that. And he's gonna probably take that and use it against against me forever. Did but you think they were going to come back? Because obviously no, I did not watch that game. No. Oklahoma's trash. So I heard I heard that they took out Spencer Rattler. Yeah. And then yeah. put in somebody else. They're, they're two uh, basically Right. And it was bench. like basically the same thing yeah, that yeah. happened with Alabama. And he was they were basically able to, to come back and just dominate the rest of the game. But the, so you had those two games happening. At the the noon hour, mm-hmm. uh, which were phenomenal. Of course, we are an SEC first podcast, but of course, Texas and Oklahoma are are our future friends. Yeah, so, we'll so throw I, them that on, is throw why I watched there. Oklahoma and Arkansas because we are an SEC first podcast. <clears throat> you mean Ole Miss, Arkansas? <sighs> Whatever. What I say? Yeah, Oklahoma, Arkansas. <laughs> but no, no, so that game was phenomenal. Uh, we had also at twelve o'clock. We had Florida. Winning by about 85 points against poor Vandy. I mean, I Vandy can, I think Vandy's at the point that you, you just start to shut it down. I mean, maybe they have. What do you, I mean, how do you do that? Like, how do you shut it down? I don't know. But 
<clears throat> you know, I'm I'm sorry. I have a lot of like. Yeah. Do you need issues. to take a break? I don't know. Maybe I need some like orange juice or okay, something. We to... can take a break. No, no, I'm okay. fine. I can rally. Okay. We've got is Kit asleep finally? No, her her head is now at the bottom of her bed, but it's fine. Okay. Any case, uh, so Vandy. I don't know what I was talking. Well, what I what well, you're talking. You told me that Vandy needs to just shut. Like, at what point do they just shut it down? And I'm asking you, what does that mean? You can't just shut it down unless you want to be like UConn and just declare yourself the winner and then shut it down in the middle of the season. I mean, I don't know. It's just tough. It is, um, but you have to finish the season. Right. I don't know. Have you ever? Pl- you haven't played in many team sports. I've played on. What does that mean? No, well, I'm saying like I've played on teams before where it's like we clearly know we're not good, right? And you have to finish the season. I think that's yeah, that would be very tough, and that's something you know. Every team I've played on has been uh, has been phenomenal in every way. What your golf teams? We were decent. Golf is not a team sport. Don't that's let it, right. don't let anybody ever convince you otherwise. Well, that's what I was going to try to tell you. All right, so, we have too much to talk about to be running our mouths about this stuff. Okay, it's true. All right, so let's just forget our daily like schedule. Let's go ahead and start from the jump. Um, I think that we start with the 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 biggest result of the day, and that was and and sometimes I'm a little cheeky here, and I would say well, the biggest result of the day was Missouri getting that win. No. College Station, Alabama, losing to a Nick Saban assistant for the first time in recorded world history. Um, It's one of those facts that is so ingrained in your mind, like there's not been a Triple Crown winner for 30 years. The Cubs never win the World Series. And when it happens, you just have to blink twice of thinking, oh my gosh, this is actually a, a 16 seed doesn't win in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And yet, when that kick somehow mysteriously went back to the right, mm-hmm. Texas A&M hitting the, the kick at the end of the game, winning over Alabama 41-38. to And probably when we look back on it, um, you know, 10, 15 years from now, will be one of the games that we remember from this season. For sure. I mean, it was absolutely <clears throat> amazing. That whole game, um, Kyle Field was like, absolutely bonkers and and i'm telling you as a georgia fan what i took away from this is i figured out how georgia can beat bama you ready okay let me hear I it figured it out let me hear it we need to rent out kyle field okay and fill it and maybe like borrow some college station friends okay and then i think that'll do it because i really do think that was what the 12th man right yeah i mean i think that that was had a big big effect on on them. What well, did you see throughout the last week? The uh, video circulating about the Aggie Yell leaders. Yes. Can we talk about them for a minute? Yes. So A and M has a tradition where midnight, the the day before the game, they have a pep rally in the stadium, which I think, wow, great tradition, right? Sure. Very very cool. They also have this tradition of kind of like a student section leader. I don't know how you would phrase it otherwise, but they're called Yell leaders. And uh, they they basically they lead the crowd in cheers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so at these pep rallies, they're trying to get things, they're saying things to get people fired up. And there is some videos that, of some of those leaders that came out, and it's just like, what am I watching? This is like bad stand up comedy going on, and it's just very painful to yeah, watch. And yeah. So people are mercilessly just making fun. 
of the yellow leaders all week. And A&M, they've been punched in the face, basically, this whole season so far. And <laughs> just kind of a course correction of how the internet is now like, oh, well, maybe the yellow leaders knew what they were doing. <laughs> you know, it's just been kind of a funny little aside and just adds to the... the the uh, the the story and the majesty of all these plot twists that we have. I know, and I think that's a good word for it is plot twists. Yes. I mean, how many plot twists? You know, I even like went back and listened to our preview, which I need to stop doing that because it makes me feel like an idiot. I'm not gonna lie, and especially on this one. Yeah, I never listen to anything that we do. I just, you know, <laughs> I know you I just, just like go move back on. And you're like publish and hey, go. at least we're not clicking anymore. That's all I'm. That's excited true. About. That's true. But, you know, I mean, and I would say, like, oh, my gosh, we are so terrible because we did not predict this. But nobody, no, absolutely no. nobody predicted anything close to this except for Calzada and Jimbo Fisher. You know? Well, what did they say? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, they played like they were going to win. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Right? And I, like, they did not come out there like this was, like, they have been playing. They did not come out to the field like I, my mentality for them is, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that that is just says so much about Jimbo and I think about A&M and their culture that, you know, they can have kind of a lackluster beginning and then still take this game that, like we said, was going to be the biggest game of the year. Yeah. Preseason. Preseason. For sure. And then it ends up being the biggest game of the year. Yeah. I mean, what game is going to touch this? You know, well, let's not, let's I not talk an, about I, that. I, I have an stop, idea. I am going to stop talking about that. Anyways, I mean, you remember preseason two when Jimbo came out and he was like, yes. and he said, at, at one of the quarterback clubs. Yeah. And he said, we're going to, uh, some of the, about Saban, like we're going to beat their ass and stuff. That comment is coming back up because they did. And then of course, Saban, when asked about that, this is again, the dead of the summer, right? When they ask him about that comment that Jimbo makes, Saban's like, what in golf? And everyone's like, oh, Nick, you're so funny. Because we're like, oh, I mean, Texas is saying it. I mean, it. It seemed that they were in position to win. But, like, again, it's this fact of, like, Nick Saban is not losing to one of his assistants. Clearly, at some point, he was going to lose. Because there's so many of them, right? I mean, right. and they're in good jobs. So, and I, I, and I think, I don't know if we said this or what or we thought i just thought this that it was going to happen this year like the likelihood that it yeah. would happen this year with you have jimbo and you have uh kirby mm -hmm. um there so um you know i mean the game was just really the pace of it was just different than anything i've seen from bama in a long, long time. Bama seems, well, and we talked about how Bama always, like, tries to get out in front, right? They're always trying to to direct the tempo of the game, and they, they always score on their first touchdown, which they did again. Mm -hmm. uh, but it seems like they always are in control because they, they are. And if you're an opponent, you're always trying to, like, come back or, or try to, like, dig yourself out of a hole. But Bama had two turnovers in the first half which gave A&M their lead. And then it seemed that every time that Bama had an answer, like the pump block, which led to the touchdown, A&M ran the kickback mm -hmm. you know, immediately afterwards. So there was a, a, a sense of Bama took some punches, which they usually don't do. Mm -hmm. And they really, and even like the Florida game, they were always playing from the front. 
and here they were playing for the back, and even though they came back and, and took the lead, they never really got back to a position where they could land the final blow to get a and back. It seemed like it was. Calzada was out injured after he threw the touchdown to, I think, tie, I believe. I think the tie, yes, to tie the game. Yes, yes, to tie. And Calzada's at, out, and or it seems like he's hurt. So, you know, but then he comes back, and they, I was stunned that Bama went three and out, forgot the run game, went three and out, and him goes down the field with Calzada back in, and gets the kick to win, and you know when that when that kick was uh, that Seth Small hit to win the game, and it seemed like it was hooking to the left. You know what moved it back to the right? Was that Auburn Jesus? No, <laughs> Auburn Jesus was being destroyed by the Pharisees and Sadducees, and on the Golden Plains. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay, okay. Um, but in any case, it was you know when it turned back to the right. You know it was as the fans were gasping in anticipation of where that ball was going to end up. It was a single bark from Reveille that pushed the ball back to the right. And the beautiful, beautiful um, creature that she is and her heavenly bark, because, listen, Collies, they they have no shortage of barks. I've probably talked about Collies at some point. Yes, yeah. Uh, but they push, uh, she pushes the ball back into the middle of well, the, that, the when... goalpost. And uh, A&M gets the win. That is, that's one narrative. It's a beautiful story. That's one narrative for it. Mm-hmm. But it was a very fun game to watch. Um, as a Georgia fan, that whole second half and last quarter specifically, you know, when Bama, they, I mean, Bama put up 28 points in the second half. I was like, well, here they go. I think I kept making those comments like, well, that's it. That yeah, did it. Yeah, now so, now they're going to go because so as a Georgia in, fan. You were in our playroom. You were in our playroom watching that game and I was in here, you know, enjoying the beauty of what was happening in Lexington. And uh, I could just every now and then you were like oh, and just all these sounds coming from the other room. I'm like what is happening? There's just these uh punches that Bama was landing to try to get back in control. No, I just, I, you know, I have this like narrative in my head of how, ba- what Bama does and it did not end up that way. It's, it's almost like the Kentucky Florida game, you know, when I was like, well, Kentucky's yeah, going to screw this up somehow. Yeah. And then they didn't. And right. it was a beautiful feeling. Right. But as a Georgia fan, I will say I like this for many reasons, but the two biggest reasons is I do feel like it gives us less pressure. Now that Al- Al- Alabama has a loss, I feel like there's a little bit. You're rolling your eyes. I don't think you're right. Okay, well let me let me talk. <laughs> Go ahead. Is I feel like there's a little bit of more wiggle room because I think that for Georgia, even being down three points at the beginning of the Auburn game was mm-hmm. very stressful because I think that Georgia feels like they cannot lose one or it's going to mess us up. And secondly, I think that it should show Georgia to not get too comfortable. I think that is You true. know, mm-hmm. that even Bama can lose to an unranked A&M. Right. So we could lose to an unranked Tennessee. Well, more on them later. You know. I have lots to say about Tennessee. Uh, I think that, and let's go ahead and, and talk about Georgia-Auburn. Um, I think Georgia, the way I read it is... I think with Georgia, if if you have these dueling undefeated with Bama, I think Bama like shrouds the national spotlight from Georgia 
because you almost like share it and everyone's like, well, it's Bama. I mean, they're obviously, if they're in the position undefeated, they're kind of in the pole position. And they're obviously very comfortable with being the hunted, right? Because mm-hmm. they've been hunted for 13 years. Right. Is Georgia comfortable being the hunted? Because oh, no. I think, <laughs> and this is like, until they lose, they are far and above right. going to be the number one team. I mean, Iowa, really? Right. I mean, Cincinnati. I mean, I, and Oklahoma, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, and Ohio State is sneaky. I mean, we've all forgot yeah. about them. But, but at undefeated, you know, no one is touching Georgia. So Georgia is now going to be the hunted. And I, all the pieces are there. And against Auburn, right, you mentioned they went behind three to nothing. But there's, I mean, there's just no, like, there's no wiggle room that the Georgia defense gives you. And if the Georgia offense has a moderately successful day, which Stetson Bennett is, like, throwing, like, haymakers down the field to Ladd McConkley, mm-hmm. um, like, that's, it's just going to, like, you're not going to win. And I, I, it reminds me a lot of Georgia this year. Reminds me a lot of the Kentucky basketball team that went undefeated. What? Are you, what? Why are you? Why are you? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Because you okay. You continue. You can tell me about. Well, it's Kentucky just basketball. like the Kentucky basketball team from 2015 that was so physically dominant. Mm-hmm. I mean, all their players were, you know, front court six nine, six ten, seven foot. All the guards are six five, six six. I mean, they just go out there and just like swallow you Mm -hmm. and uh defensively and there's just nothing you can do and that's i mean that's just watching georgia this year they do the same thing they just swallow whoever they're playing and you know half their offensive stars are hurt and yet they're still winning so significantly you know poor bo nicks tried right right but but like i mentioned i mean poor bo nicks it was it was tough for him (laughs) okay wow (laughs) strong language toward bo nicks um but it, it it's you know, Georgia is in a position to where they're going to be the hunted now. Let's see if they're up to the task. I and think I think they've got their next I think it's their next three games. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll see. I mean, obviously, I think their next two games are their toughest ones and then they'll have one more. But um, yeah, I think they're in great position. Made it look easy against Auburn, but they're going to have to handle the spotlight now because it's all on them. Yes, and I, okay, so my qualms, I let you talk that whole time, okay, Mm -hmm. and I tried to interrupt you a couple times. Don't eat. Why are you eating? I'm hungry. Why are you hungry? It's time to eat or talk. Yes, but clearly we can hear you chewing. Yeah, you're going to choke on the cracker, too. I'm not going to choke on the cracker. So, um, for Georgia... I think that we historically have not done well in the spotlight. Whenever we've been preseason number one, it has not ended up well. So I think that most Georgia fans, the pessimistic ones of us, are a little nervous for that. So there is some truth in what you're saying. I don't like you comparing us to Kentucky basketball because the 2015 Kentucky basketball team did not win the national championship. Well, that was a fluke thing. Because they were never not the best team. There could Georgia not winning in 2017 was a fluke best thing. Best teams win in football more often than they do in basketball. That's true. You're right. Um, okay, so moving on, um, we talked from about we talked. I mean, those were two of the really big games, but I mean, we kind of touched on Ole Miss, Arkansas. But I mean, I feel like I don't know. Is there anything else? It was 
an absolute blast. I mean, it was an absolute blast. And I will say, I did get over there, I think, by the fourth quarter. And um, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think these are two very, very, very similar teams. And if they play five times or ten times, they're, they're going to split five and five. Yeah, I think that's what was so fun is that it was so... A, it was a high-scoring game, which makes it fun. Right. And then also... Um, it was they're so like they were like it was head to head the whole game Mm -hmm. which was really fun um and then at the end it came down to arkansas scored and do they go for two to win or do they kick it to tie not only do they score but they score literally with no time left right with a one second play or one second on the clock kj jefferson throws a touchdown pass walk off touchdown to come you know now one point short and you have the pat to tie so Sam Pittman decides to go for two, and it was immediate. Like, I watched the clip of when they scored the touchdown, and the camera goes to Pittman, and he's got the two fingers up immediately. Mm-hmm. So this is something that either he has premeditated or or is maybe his philosophy. Uh, they go for it. It does not come through, um, and Ole Miss wins. What do you think about the strategy? Because I've seen that done before. Uh, to where it's almost always the road team that is doing that. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So what do you think? At the time, I was like, what What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Like, just get the point and then play for for overtime. Like, it did not make any sense to me. Um, but, you know, looking back on how they had played, you know, they, they were getting it through Old Miss defense pretty easily. Right. The whole game. So, right. like, they had gone, like, it was just three yards. Not, was it? Yeah. It, or it was, it was not that far. Yeah. Two, three yards. Two, yeah. it's like two mm-hmm. or three yards that they had to get. So, like, it did make sense to kind of go for that. They're tired. It was a very big game, high energy game. Do you really want to push them to overtime in Oxford? You, you had, know, you had three touchdowns in the last two minutes of the game. Right. It was unbelievable. It was so much fun. And right. I mean, this is just what Ole Miss does. I mean, if it's Lane Kiffin, it's going to be chaos. And you'd think Satin Pittman is more like reasonable, but he just gets, I mean, it's just chaos all the mm-hmm. way around. And, uh, you know, it's a thought. You got K.J. Jefferson, who is a very physically imposing quarterback. You're like, you got three yards. I mean, you'd almost be okay with him just doing a little quarterback sneak, like some sort of draw play and just get him in the middle and just try to, like, mm-hmm. push his way into the end zone. And Sam Pittman came out and said, like, I would do that again. Like, I feel really good about my play call. The play call was not the problem. It just didn't work. Usually when the road team does that, they're a significant underdog. Or they're the, the logic is – well, if you have a chance to win it now, you're the you're the least capable team or you're the underdog. The longer the game goes, averages say it's more likely the favorite wins. These two teams are basically the same team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in like where they are. So I don't know if the odds were better for him to try that to win that play there or even like continue on. But you're not you're not stopping Ole Miss at all. Right. I mean, they're they're not stopping them at any point. So, I mean, why not? You got three yards. They haven't been stopping you. I mean, I think the logic says you go for it now. There's no time on the clock. Right. Right. And I think it's and here we are in this Arkansas, just like everybody's, you know, falling over Arkansas. And I think if that play wins, it's like, wow, Sam Pittman. Right. Right. I I know what you'd be saying. Right. Sure. Um, And like Lane Kiffin, what an idiot. Right. I mean, just all these things. But. You know, 
I don't dis I don't necessarily disagree with him making that call, but I mean now you have to always say like, well maybe you go into overtime see what happens. Right. I don't know. But I mean you you would say that the other way, and you know if they went to overtime and got tired or got, someone got hurt or they well, lost sure. there, you know, be like, well if I got it tip for two, we probably could have just ended the game there. Possibly. So yeah. I mean that's just that's just the game. That's the way it goes. Um. So yeah, that was a super fun part. Yeah. And one thing we didn't we didn't mention last time is you know they had the at the la- at the Alabama game, you know, Link Kiffin was like get your popcorn ready right right? and that was the whole thing and um they actually passed out popcorn at this game it was very clever it was was very nice he's he he doesn't take a beating he is given does he he is he just gets the and i don't i'm not saying that was his decision but he he is not afraid of making that's true he's not afraid of making fun of himself yeah and we need more coaches like that and uh, it's it's it really makes it a lot of fun just to watch Ole Miss from kind of afar is where I am. Um, but I think that's a huge win for Ole Miss because they've already played Bama. They don't play Georgia. Um, they're in a position, hypothetically, if they win out and Bama loses another game, Ole Miss wins the West. Right, which would be ideal for Georgia. How's that? We don't have to play Alabama. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> That's always what we want, right? Yeah, there you I go. I don't know, but it is nice to see a beatable Bama. You are making an assumption in that statement, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the one team that is throwing up all sorts of alarm bells, and I think it's just my, like, I have a propensity to try to see the threat before the threat emerges, and mm-hmm. I'm seeing... It's called anxiety. Yeah, okay, yeah. And the threat is in Rocky Top. Mm-hmm. And I, as as SEC East friends here, we have to identify the threat before it emerges. What the Tennessee offense is has over the last two weeks, granted playing two Missouri-South Carolina poor teams. Right. What they are starting to do is very, very impressive. And they're putting those pieces together, and they made a switch of quarterback from Joe Milton, the Michigan transfer, to Hendon Hooker who's from Virginia Tech, and it's made all the difference. And they have been running up big points the last couple weeks. Again, it gets very marginal teams, but they got Ole Miss coming in next week, and I think that if Tennessee is able to win that game, we'll talk more later this week about it, but this this revamp project is going way ahead of schedule for Josh Heupel. And honestly, you know, we talked a lot about Shane Beamer before the season. Uh, We talked a lot about who were the other new teams coaches i'm drawing a blank uh vandy oh vandy clarkley not yeah really, not so much yeah i think that was the only other one. Oh, harson oh brian harson yeah. yeah and auburn um didn't really talk a lot about josh heupel and uh it usually is the case that the one you don't talk about makes the biggest impact and right now if i am on rocky top i'm getting very excited and they got so many big chances um for the rest of the year i mean playing georgia playing kentucky playing alabama playing Ole miss four games and i think if you're a ut fan if you're like if we get one of those probably not kentucky because they they feel they should win that anyway but if they beat lane kiffin coming back in or you know they win one of the big two man it's gonna be uh i, I think they're gonna be feeling good in rocky top so but we'll see so you're saying if if hypel and tennessee can beat either alabama or georgia they're gonna be feeling really good 
this is the type of analysis you get here and only here. <laughs> right. I mean, now, full disclosure, we have a screaming baby upstairs oh, at this she's point. Fine. So my she's level my level of depth and analysis probably was not as strong as it could have been there. I am not as high on Tennessee. I think they're they're uniforms. Do you see their uniforms? So I talked bad about black uniforms last yeah, time. Yeah, you did. And then I saw what their tenant their black uniforms, I'm like all right, I'm wrong because they were like a bunch of jack-o'-lanterns running around out there. They looked very impressive. It was. It was kind of cool. It was very Halloween, but I I don't know. I think the less orange you can put on a Tennessee player, yeah. the better. Maybe that's what it is. And then Lane Kiffin tweeted uh, the game result and was like, why don't you wear them again next week? See you then. I mean, just again, yeah. Lane, is, is, he knows how to play it. So they, yes, Tennessee looked really good. They put up 28 points in the first quarter. Hooker's looking good. Um, but I, I get, I am not like, I'm not sold at all. Like yeah. they have, they have a very hard schedule from here on out. And I think but that, that's the thing. Like you don't like they're, they're in a position where they have four wins. They're going to get bowl eligible. They haven't played Vandy yet. They've got another stinky team. I'm sure out there that they have to play. I mean, they beat South Carolina and Missouri. They're they're going to get to bowl eligible <clears throat> or bowl eligibility, which in year one is great. And now you're playing with house money. Right. Um, so I, I think that having an offense that scores a lot of points gets the fans engaged. And there's nothing more dangerous or annoying, I would say, than a Tennessee fan with hope. <laughs> and I think they're going to, the hope is there now. Hypo has brought it. Um, you know, they've never not had talent. They've always recruited well. It's just putting it all together. And, uh, sorry, she, sorry. sorry. What, what did Kit do? She there? like came right at the camera, like, like beelined right for the camera. Did she give you like some? No, I don't think she's language? aware of the camera. She's rocking in the chair. Okay. She's such a grandma. <laughs> okay. It's like 9 30 and she's rocking in her rocking chair. Okay. Yeah. So moving on, um, Texas Mizzou, Right, Texas, Mizzou. That classic game. I feel like we should just. Um, I think you were talking about North Texas. And North Texas, yeah, that's what I meant. North Texas, Mizzou. Just briefly, Mizzou won forty-eight thirty-five. Missouri's defense is historically bad. I think you could run for a hundred yards against Missouri's rush defense. I don't know. I <laughs> y'all, I've been really sad about my speed lately because when Kit was throwing herself out of the bed, I was like had to run up there because I saw her on the monitor like putting their leg over and I was like trying to run up and catch her. I was just really disappointed at my speed <laughs> going like, up the stairs. I was like, I feel like man, this concrete I should is be really faster. grabbing my feet. It's like when you and I went to go play um foot, foot golf. Foot golf, <laughs> yeah. I knew where you Yes, because we Ben and I were really into Premier we still are at the time and so i've been watching these like world-class athletes and we go out and play foot golf which is soccer basically on a golf course right and i like go and kick it and i just feel like it should go forever because i like put so much oomph behind it and i think you were like filmed I me i was about to say i took a video of that of your first kick and Oh, oh my oh gosh, boy, it was guys. so it's kinda, depressing. It's very depressing. And I was watch. young back then, so I couldn't even blame my age. Profiles and athleticism. Jeez. Anyways, uh, um, I don't have anything else to say about North Texas Mizzou. There's not much to say. Uh, Missouri's bad. Missouri's, um, 
Yeah, I mean, you're going to give up 35 points to North Texas. They're, it's just going to be a struggle, I think, for Missouri. And I think leading the way with A&M's win the other night, I think leading the way for the most disappointing team in the SEC uh, so far this year. Um, we also had Florida win by, like I said, a million points. Yeah, 42 um, to nothing. Dan Mullen a little s- s- uh, snippy, though, at halftime. Oh, really? Uh, they were up 21 nothing, and he was a little snippy with the halftime interviewer. Um it's just kind of off. I think Florida's in a better position than uh, what Florida fans would like to to put them in. But well, they're, they're it, I think they very well could end up nine and three. And Florida fans, I think, are seeing what's happening in Athens, and they're like, "Why isn't that us?" But yeah. so I don't know, Florida fans. What can you do? There was one more game. And All right, I, let's I'm, finish I'm really, finish it up. I'm, I'm really, going to give you your time. Well, I'm really sad because Ed Orgeron, you know, we love Coach O here. And maybe when Coach O is looking for a new job, he would maybe consider coming in and working with us here on You, Me, and the SEC. I don't know. He, like, threatens to murder people That's true, on he does. radio shows. That's true, he does. I don't does. know if I want to invite that. He does. I have little children here. I know. We'll have to be careful. But I would be willing to give him another try. I'd be willing for him to come in and be our uh, Cajun correspondent uh, because LSU – Oh, I mean, they just did not look good. And offensively, defensively, you have all this talent. This is a team two years removed from the national title. Granted, they lose everybody, you know, star players. That team did not win the title with defense, right? They won mm-hmm. it with their offense. Right. Um, the offense just is like there's no spark. I mean, Keishon Boutte, unfortunately, get, gets hurt late in the game as well. Their star wide receiver. Uh, Max Johnson, he's okay at quarterback, but the run game was better, but there was just no, like, they never could get a big play. It just really didn't click, and the defense was awful. And, you know, a lot of that is what Kentucky did because it just seemed you were watching the game, and you're like, well, you could switch jerseys here. It makes sense that, you know, Kentucky was LSU and LSU was Kentucky. So LSU's so in trouble. So does that give you, like, empathy for them? No. Um LSU's in trouble. I mean, they're now we were putting A and M in last place in the West and see what happened. And that's the thing. I think it, like LSU could turn around and beat Florida this weekend. Um, so you don't want to like bury them like Coach O would do with someone in the Bayou. But yeah. I mean, it's it's just a struggle. So um, if you, I am still in all of your prediction at the beginning of the year of talking about Coach O Thank and you. LSU and in the hot seat potential. Yes, Kentucky played very well. Um, I think that's the most complete game they've played. And uh, Will Levis is, with his mayo and his coffee, we need to, we need to talk more about Will Levis and his See, his marketing. So he's a finance major at Penn State, but I think he slid a little marketing in there too. Okay. Because this guy knows how to promote himself. And he's not, the, he's, he's not a, I mean, his numbers are not gaudy. Mm-hmm. He scored five touchdowns against that's, LSU. Yeah. National Offensive Player of the Week. Um this week and if he I mean this is a, a team if if he can be consistent and provide that passing attack you know Kentucky can do things that none of us thought that mm-hmm. were possible so and, yeah and the defense continues to play well so just probably the most complete performance so far and well next week be uh so be six and oh how does it feel, Well, I, I, I don't know. I've never felt it, and my dad has never felt it since he wasn't alive the last time it happened, 1950. Um, 
it is uh, it, it, it's wild because it's like, yeah, we should be here. You know this. Yeah, we're, we're like every team except for Florida. I feel like we were better than, and so it's 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 wild. But at the same time, it's like this is where they should be because mm-hmm. Mark Stoops has built this thing slowly but surely for nine years, and as a Kentucky fan, it's just like it it's it's wild. It's a pinch me type thing, but at the same time, it's like yeah, we we kind of belong. So, at what point do you start getting nervous that Stoops is going to leave? Well, that's something we can talk a lot more about at a later point. Um, I I, it, I don't have a whole lot of nerves about it because I think he has found a little niche that does not make him appealing to top programs. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think my argument is I think he would be more likely to go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And we can we can yeah. build it that yeah. later. Kid is having a hysterical fit upstairs, so we're going to have to cut it short. Yeah. But. Well, tell me how I did with my betting with Brittany. Uh, well, betting with Brittany did not go well. Oh, really? Uh, you did bet on North Texas to cover. Which they did. That's right. Uh, so and that was the one that you wanted to test me on. I think, so well, well, hold on. I think they did. Hold on. Let me check. Because they lost by 13. Mm-hmm. So let me check. You, you just talk about something. I don't know. I don't know what to talk about um, anymore. <laughs> I'm done talking. <laughs> You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Um, uh, I don't remember. Uh, yeah. North Texas covered. Okay. All right. You want me to take over again? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, obviously checked out. Uh, and then the other two games you bet on were you you bet on Ole Miss mm-hmm. to cover. Uh, they did not. They still won. Yeah. Uh, and then you bet on LSU, and that was a foolish choice. Yeah. So way to go. So I got not. I got one. You got one out too. Okay. So uh, yeah, and of course my two lane lock of the week, where I said Ole Miss would win. You were like, that's not very exciting. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. It's what I feel. And guess what? It hit. Tulane lock of the week. I'm and it was ro- exciting. I'm on a roll now. Sure. So uh, we'll, we'll look forward to it. Well, here's the thing. We're going to have to get out of here. Um, it's going to be a very exciting week in the Osborne House. Because if you haven't heard, Kentucky plays Georgia. And this is always a fun week for me. Uh, and not you. And no, I don't know why. Me. Because you never savor in the fact that Georgia is going to win this game. They always do. And you don't have the ability to kid and to have a sense of humor about these things. Well, maybe the person that's trying to have a sense of humor is not very funny. So, Well, on that note, I think we'll go ahead and stop because I'm offended. All right. All right. I'm Ben. I'm Brittany. And this has been You, Me, and the SEC. Bye.